It's time for Takes on Takes. You know the drill. You supply the takes. We give you the take on your take today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate you all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Joe, happy Friday. Happy Week 3 is off and running in the NFL. Happy Week 4 of college football. Apparently, there's a tropical storm coming up the coast. Yeah, it's not good. Just found that out. Coming like right at you, so you may be yeah, aware of that. I've I've heard, yeah, but I only found out this morning. Like, hey, by the way, what are you doing about the storm? I'm like, what's what? <laughs> like, right. oh yeah, you might want to check that out when you get home. So here it comes. Uh, it'll miss you. It is uh, probably going to run up the the Carolinas here a little bit. What today? Yeah, Ophelia? But it's gonna, it's is that how it's east. pronounced? Ophelia. Oh, O P H E L I. I can't believe I just opened us up for pronunciation. Yeah, I would say Ophelia. Ophelia. That's the name of the storm. Yeah, it's, oh. it's what it appears to be on weather.com. Okay. So best wishes to everybody on the coast. Um, but yeah, I got ambushed with that. Like, hey, what are you doing about the storm? I'm like, what? <laughs> so, oh. I'm gonna sit in my house and hope it's, for the best. And watch college football like myself. Right. I, like Okay. Yeah. I loaded up on all my energy drinks and no free pub and groceries this morning. So I'm good to go. We're good to go on takes for takes on takes. Big shout out to everybody who participated, left the comment on the Thursday video. We really, really appreciate it. And it seems like some folks out there want to talk about the 49ers a little bit. So the first couple of takes here are about those three and oh 49ers. Martin says Brock Purdy is the next Tom Brady for the 49ers. Last pick in the draft, eventually earning an opportunity. The dude has shown up since in a player-friendly system with great coaching and talent. I smell a multi-Super Bowl champion. I will take the field if the alternatives are Tom Brady or anything else's outcomes for Brock Purdy. It is still so early. It is crazy how early when you really stop and think about it how early in Brock Birdie's career we still are I just want to admit that Brock Brock Party's Brock Purdy is hard for me to process okay he's hard um marginal college quarterback at Iowa State right that that's what he was marginal quarterback at Iowa State and he goes to San Francisco and my goodness as I've said before in this podcast the more I doubt Brock Purdy the sillier I look but at the same time, I think that he's probably the quarterback in the NFL that is most elevated by what's around him, whether it's the run game, whether it's the weapons, the scheme, or the defense. I think that he's 
helped the most. And there are times where you watch him play where ball placement can be an issue, decision-making can be an issue, the lack of arm talent can be an issue, but he keeps winning and he keeps producing. And so I'll say it's hard. It's hard for me to layer all that together and say, you know what, I think I know exactly what this player is. And I, I just, I need to let it play out longer. And I know that he's shown up in big moments. He's been impressive. Like, I get all of that. But he's a difficult player. I'm not rooting against him. But foiling and layering it all together is hard for me. It's a very grounded and logical stance to take. But Happy you see, by, by, you see by both the- sides of it, man. Oh, the Tom Tom Brady dynamic of this and okay, this guy is just completely nothing without what's around him, you know? Well, and and Tom wasn't particularly good versus what he became when he first started playing. So, like, yes, I think Brock Purdy's really only scratching the surface of, of what he's capable of being. Do I think he's a beneficiary of the environment that he's in? Yes, but, like, at the same time, the only time that really matters is when you're sitting here getting into a, you know, what contest about like ranking the quarterbacks subjectively one through 32. If you look at the 49ers offense as a whole, regardless of what Brock Purdy would be in somebody else's offense, he's a valuable piece because of how he executes the offense. Can we acknowledge that though? Like the number one thing that a quarterback can do is run the offense. Correct. I love all the other stuff, right? I love off script. I love the crazy plays that Mahomes and Allen and Herbert and Fields and well, not Fields, okay, but Hurts, whatever quarterbacks make. That's so fun. But the number one thing is run the offense. And I'm not going to try to diminish him for doing that. I'll say if you want to bring in Tom Brady to the conversation, this is where I can see similarities. For the beginning of Tom Brady's career and the success that he had early on, I tried really hard to marginalize him and push back and say he's not doing anything. I'm not going to fall into that trap with Brock Purdy. I'm just going to say he's difficult for me at this point. Yeah. Uh, the next one comes from user and then a bunch of numbers uh, on the 49ers. McCaffrey, if he stays healthy, breaks the all-purpose yardage record and is the first non-quarterback MVP in a long time leading San Francisco to the NFC number one seed. <clears throat> Okay, so let's let's put ourselves in a world where San Francisco is the one seed in the NFC. Totally possible. And Christian McCaffrey continues on the pace in which he is on, on which he's averaging 117 rushing yards per game. What's that times 17? Surely that's 1,800 yards. Well, right? he said he said all purpose yards. So right, I understand. No, but from a rushing perspective. I'm just yeah. I'm just do, doing what he's actually at. Yeah. By the way, the record is uh, 2,696. Darren Sproles in 2011 for all-purpose yards. Uh, for the record, he's on pace for 1,986 rushing yards through three games, and that includes only 85 yards last night. So you would think he would break the all-purpose record if he stays healthy and plays 17 games. Is that enough versus what quarterback is going to throw for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns? Because there's probably going to be one. Yeah, there'll be one or two. And what is the statistical or or what is the the end season record result for that team? 
you have to be, I think, to be a non-quarterback who wins the award at this stage of, of the game with w- the way the league works, you just have to be far and away the best. I think so. I, I would say he's got three things here. McCaffrey breaks the all-purpose yardage record. I don't think he will. I don't think he's going to. I think they're going to be mindful of his workload. They're going to incorporate Elijah Mitchell. They're going to need CMC for the stretch run, and that's going to take away from some of the production. He's 2,700 yards to do it. Okay, I, I, that's that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the quarterback, the quarterback with the best season will get MVP, and McCaffrey will get Offensive Player of the Year, and then I do think that there's a really clear path for the 49ers to be the number one seed. Enzo says defensive tackle is the next position that isn't already to be considered a premium position. Say it again. Defensive tackle is the next position that isn't already considered to be a premium position. So I think what he's getting at is defensive tackle is going to enter the ranks of premium positions. I, I've already got it there. Does uh, yeah, just based off the the spending of the last eighteen months, right? Tell, tells you exactly what you think, what teams think. Yeah, it's Chris Chris Jones, twenty five amended contract, right? Mm-hmm. Quinnen Williams got twenty five, Hargrave twenty one, Lawrence twenty two, Jeffrey Simmons twenty. Three and a half is that accurate? Like, I'm just dollars, pulling man. all those off the top of my head. So uh, yeah, I think they're pay- they they are comfortably outpacing interior offense, the top of the interior offensive line market. Yep. So I think that that tells you that it is a premium position, and and the top of that market is going to be rivaling wide receivers. Maybe not after Justin Jefferson gets his contract, but I would argue that it is a premium position, and they're paying it like a premium position. Next one comes from Sam, and it's interesting that this comes from Sam. Uh, Sam says, none of Justin Fields, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, or Mac Jones. So Fields, Pickett, Ritter, Jones will be full-time starting quarterbacks by 2025. I'm going to say that I disagree with this. Once guys get a chance to be a starter, they get so many chances to not be a starter. Okay, so who's the least likely? Ritter. Fields, Ritter, Jones. Okay, so let's All put them in them. order. Let's put them in. Let's put them in order. I think. I think Jones has the best probability of still being a starter in 2020. 2025 is the year in question. Yep. I think Jones and Pickett are the two that stand out the most to me. Yeah. Then it's Fields and it's Ritter. I would agree because Fields still has the athleticism pedigree and first round pedigree mm-hmm. that gives him a leg up over Ritter. You get chances. Carson Wentz kept getting chances. I mean, right. Sam Darnold, these Baker Mayfield's on his third team, like starting in week one, as many seasons. Like you get these chances. Mm-hmm. Let's sneak this one in here uh, from T Bar, the Steelers owner, uh, Art Rooney the second will step in and either fire Matt Canada or take away his play calling duties for the first time in Steelers history. No way, right? Not no the way. Steelers. The, not the Steelers' way. You hear the fans chanting in the, in the stands, "Fire Matt Canada." I've never heard that like in a, in a week three or week two home it's, game. It's crazy. It is it's crazy. not going away. So they they better figure it out, or else that'll 
not be but a fun storyline to watch. They're not him. stepping in. Mike Tomlin was like doubled down on him this past week. I don't yep. think it's going to happen. No, nope, neither do I. All right, well, maybe you want to get into a stadium and uh, cheer for a team. You can do that through game time, buying tickets to your favorite events. It shouldn't be stressful, but you know what? Sometimes it is. Game time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets. They have a lowest price guarantee, and you can stop stressing over getting tickets, and you can start getting excited for the fun that you'll have. The app is super easy to use. It's awesome. They have flash deals, images of seat views, so you know exactly what to expect when you get to the stadium. Great prices. It's easy to navigate. And did I mention they have last-minute ticket deals? So you don't have to plan months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem our code LOCKEDONNFL. That'll get you $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Folks, we all love the convenience of getting what we want delivered right to our front door. And with DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. You know you've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. they got thousands of grocery stores that you can choose from, and you'll find the best in your neighborhood, and you can boost your local economy with each and every order. And folks, you get exactly what you order, or they will make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them out for yourself. Got a deal here. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Limited time offer. Terms apply. That's 50% off, up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero f- delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter our code LOCKEDONNFL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Take a big sip of that tea, Joe. <sighs> Brother. The battle continues. It is an absolute it is, an, it is an all-timer. Joe Marino versus whatever throat <laughs> ailment he's been dealing with all week. Um, I know you you collected a bunch of takes. Mm-hmm. Seemed like the game last night. By the way, congratulations. We are all 1-0. Mm. Uh, you, me, and the show against the spread. Covering, yeah. We're all 1-0. One, one this week thus far um is there a theme for the next batch of takes like it felt like there was at least for the start of the first batch um i would say a little bit of afc east here okay okay i'm ready miller says bill belichick won't pass don shula's career wins record as coach of the new england patriots okay so belichick currently from a wins perspective, has 298 career regular season wins plus 31. What did they, the, the, the Boston people talked all offseason about how he needed, I think, 18 wins because they were, it was like a regular season wins and then there's a postseason, or like a cumulative total wins. And they're all pointing to the one that Bill is closer to. I still think this is probably an eight, eight, nine win team this year mm-hmm. when it's all said and done. I think you and I, when we looked at the schedule, neither one of us picked them to win the first two games. Correct. I don't think so it's a surprise. On track, yeah. Right? So they're, man, they're on the road for the next two at Jets, at Cowboys. 
it's not great. You go one on one in that stretch. Yeah, I think they're going to beat the Jets. Yeah, I think so. Home against the Saints. I think they can win that game. They can win that game. It's actually the type of game that favors them. Right. Uh, Raiders at Raiders. Yeah. Uh, Bills at home at Dolphins. Commanders, Colts. What do you want to say? That That's the bye, week 11, so 10 games. I think Colts, Commanders, Raiders, especially the way that game ended last year. Mm-hmm. Jets, that's four, maybe one of Saints and Cowboys or Saints and Bills or Saints and Dolphins, like one of the game, a half a game there. We'll give them four and a half through 10 sure, games. four and a half. At Giants. Sure. Uh, especially the way they're playing right now. Uh, Chargers. That's where five and a half. Yeah, I don't love Chargers. Yeah, it is at least at home. It's helpful. So Chargers come in to Foxborough in December for a, mm. a game. That helps. Yeah. Okay. So we're still at five and a half. At Pittsburgh. Maybe. Maybe. Chiefs. Probably not. Probably not. At Broncos. Yeah, good shot. I think that's a possible one. So seven and a half at Bills and Jets. Maybe one there somewhere. Eight, eight and a half. Fine. How we thought about eight wins. You would need another double. You would need a double digit win season next year to get it. And then you're looking at our, I don't know. This is, it's completely hijacked the entire segment. There's a decision that I think New England has to consider, and it's the legacy of Bill at the end of the road or the obvious benefit of making a change. And I won't I won't go so far as to say, well, they got to choose between like Mac Jones and Bill Belichick, right? Like, I don't think that's what's necessarily at play here. But I do think you look at the trends of the league. I think you look at the trend of the division. I think you look at the style of play in which the Patriots have admired or aspired to play. I think you look at Belichick, the GM's history over the last 10 years. And at some point, you got to look at it and be like, yeah, I want to be competitive. I want to have a ceiling that's not dependent on a Hall of Fame quarterback playing for 60% of market value. I think that the Patriots have to do what's best for the New England Patriots to be a competitive football team and not what's best for Bill Belichick's legacy. Bill Belichick's legacy is fine. He won all the Super Bowls. He's going to have all the wins. Who cares? Who cares? I, I don't disagree with you, but like you actually have to sit down and have that conversation. This rival fan of an AFC East team hopes that they keep Bill Belichick for as long as he wants to be there, that, and that should tell you exactly what should happen. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so there you go. Uh, Maddox says to a tongue of Iloa. You heard of this guy? No. Wins the, the 2023 NFL MVP. I don't want to do the thing because I roll my eyes every time somebody else anywhere in media starts a conversation around Tua with the four words. If he is healthy, mm-hmm. right? Oh, you're about to do it? What's the stat projection if he plays 17 games? Right now, really good. Right. 
and and you feel like even even with lulls, you're probably talking mid four thousands if he plays all seventeen games, mid thirties touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's a very clear pathway for that to happen, provided that he is available all season long. I think they're doing a phenomenal job with utilizing his strengths and working with what they have. And oh, it's it's just such a small sample size to do it. Now, I think you look at the entire body of work with Mike McDaniel, and you're obviously very excited about what that looks like. Go play them all. And if they do, yeah, I'd probably say he he's the odds-on favorite to win it for a reason because of the supporting cast, the coaching staff, him himself, his strengths, and the platform that the Dolphins are going to have this season. I, I would agree with what you said there. I think go play them all. And um, he's certainly going to, obviously, health. He will have the numbers to be in that conversation. What's going on here, Joe? We'll see, man. We'll see. He's got, he's, it's not a, it's not a weird thing to talk about right now. So I think that's probably the most encouraging right component of what we're get, trying to get at here. Uh, Matt says Zach Wilson will and should start every game for the Jets this year. Aaron is not coming back for the playoffs. There's no sense in spending draft assets on a veteran for what is now a lost season. Zach sucking will hopefully give the front office clarity. They will never be a starting NFL caliber quarterback. And if they're bad enough, they can use their first rounder on a tackle. 24 class has a lot of good options to plug that hole. Uh, the, I can confirm the tackle class is awesome. Every time I look up, there's a name that's like, yeah, it's like a top 50 guy. But I, I really agree with this thought. Like, there's been so much conversation. Uh, Robert Sala, every week in the press conference, are you going to sign a quarterback this week? Can, can we be real about that? Like, do you really think that Carson Wentz or Cam Newton or Matt Ryan off the street at this point is going to be a better option than Zach Wilson, who's been part of this operation for much longer, has time on task, familiarities, chemistry with what's going on around him? Like, yeah, I think you just have to accept it for what it is. There's no savior coming at quarterback. Right. And so, like, you might as well let your number two overall pick play out the season. And I, I understand there's been a good enough sample size. I'm not optimistic about Zach Wilson, but, like, let's let's chill out with all these outside options and thinking that they're going to be the savior of, of this operation. Yeah, I, I think you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And the investment that you made back then that is a player that's been in-house and working with these, these players all offseason – any veteran free agent you bring up by the time they bridge the gap, you're looking end of October anyway. Yeah. So uh, along these lines, Steven says if the Jets trade for Gardner Minshew, they make the playoffs. Uh, the Colts aren't trading Gardner Minshew. They, Anthony Richardson's come out of his first two starts already. And Minshew as the veteran in the room is an asset to a rich mm-hmm. and like is valuable for that component knows the system from his time with Steichen. And he might need to play for the Colts. I don't know. I don't. I don't see. I don't see the Colts being willing to really part with. Yeah. Him. What like what what pick becomes worth it for Indianapolis to move Gardner Minshew? It's I a stratosphere, stratosphere of a pick that I don't. I think any team would be nuts to to pursue for a wild card berth, which is I think what the Jets would be looking at anyway. All right, we're going to talk about some AFC superpowers here in just a moment. But first, you got to check out Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest and funnest and most exciting and easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. The format is awesome. Just you versus the numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. It's just you versus the numbers. All you do is you select two or more players. You pick more or less in their projected stats, and you place your entry. That's it. Doesn't take long. 
You can make your picks in under a minute. And when you with when you win, the withdrawals are super quick and super easy. Love watching football. Love it even more when I have a prize picks entry going into a game. It just makes it that much more exciting. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use our code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use our code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. AFC superpowers, you see. Yeah, we'll, we'll use the air quotes, Kyle, because maybe okay. maybe the superpowers are different than um, what reality is. But Drew says this, out of the three AFC superpowers, who he defines as the Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills, Drew says one will be the one seat, one will be a wild card team, and one will miss the playoffs. Okay. So if you put who's most likely to be who in each bucket. Yeah. So I think the one seed is, I think the chiefs, the most likely to be the one seed of those three, because I think the one that will be really, I think the other buckets are most important. The one that will miss the playoffs right now looks like the Bengals. Okay. Well, yeah. You're, you're Owen two and your quarterbacks hurt. Right. So that's, that leaves you two teams for two buckets. One will be the wild card team. Who's, Who's le- least likely to win their division? The Chiefs or the Bills? Who's beating the Chiefs in the AFC West? Right. That's you're Nobody. saying. Yeah, looking at 0 and 2 teams in the Chargers right. and, and Broncos and the Raiders who beat the Broncos by a point in a right. game that Denver gave them. While Miami has a legit chance to win the AFC East. So I think it's the one seed would be the Chiefs, the wild card would be the Bills, and the missed the playoffs would be the Bengals. Although I think it's most likely that something else happens, but I think that's your path to that going. Yeah, if, if if those three teams were to face those three yeah. outcomes, I, they would assign those same outcomes to each respective team that you did. I mean, go ahead and go ahead and get the shirts printed and the hats ready for the Chiefs winning the AFC West, right? Like, doesn't look good out there. That's unfair. Let it play out. I'm going against myself, right? The Chargers are only one game back. And they still get two against KC, but right, it just doesn't. The, char- the Chargers don't look good. Doesn't look good. Uh, and uh, Chiefs with the head-to-head over Jacksonville—that's probably meaningful as well. For the, for uh, one team purposes, yeah, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, next one here comes from Liam. Here's a big one for you. Puka Nakua will have more receiving yards as a rookie than not just Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, but Bill Groman of the 1960 Houston Oilers with 1473 yards. Kyle has he is I, I don't know if he's levitating, he's floating, something is happening with there he goes. We think Pukunaku is getting a 1500 yards this year. He's got 25 catches through two I, games. I understand that, but Joe that's 1500 yards. It's unlikely, but I mean, no. I love the take. I'm passing, but I love the take. Teddy take of the week. That's the Teddy for me. Yeah. I don't agree with it, but that's the Teddy. Cause it's it's fun. It's fun. It's bold. It's ambitious. It's a Puka Nakua take. I right now my candidate is Martin for that first one on Brock Purdy because it, I think it provoked a lot of good conversation between us. So I'll okay. I'll roll with that for now. Okay. Um, next one here is from oh, I gotta scroll back down. I scrolled back up. I got lost my spot here. Uh this one is from Nick. Nick says the Falcons are the most underrated team in the NFL in the NFL lockdown NFL scouting roster rankings because the quarterback is a large part of team grade, but Falcons 
don't throw the ball. So having Ritter at quarterback doesn't hurt them against most oh, teams. That's, that's fun. And I love that there's an understanding of the process here yes. too. This is a, this is a real valuable listener of the show who, who doesn't just hear the things we say, but actually internalizes and processes and uses uh, their own critical thinking. Are we taking the Teddy right. take right back and giving it, it to it, Nick? This, this is the Teddy. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> this is the Teddy because this, this is everything this show is, is really all about. Um, So as far as the logic here, as far as I understand it, Atlanta throws the ball less 10 yards downfield than any other team in the NFL. I'll see if I can find that stat. I saw it on the timeline. It's probably not very, but I think the important thing is that they don't throw it down the field very much. Right. Right. Um. So yes, I I think if you look at, your style of play and what you aspire to do. And you tailor your grades specifically to that Atlanta would get a bump. I don't necessarily know how much the bump would be. And it is a team that still has other questions, but most underrated team based on the reality of how they play versus the methodology of the scoring. Here, I, I know you try to gather your thoughts. This is where I'm at with this. Yeah. I hear what Nick is saying, and I think there's a lot of valid points in, in, in his premise. I still think quarterback plays the most important part of an NFL team. And good on the Falcons for mitigating that with their current situation. But it puts a cap on what I think they can do as, a, as, as an operation. And so maybe there's some consideration to what he's getting at. But at the end of the day, when you think, what's your fatal flaw? What's going to be the thing that keeps you from doing what you, you know, maximizing your potential as a team? I look at quarterback for Atlanta and I couple that with it being what I think is the most important thing. And it really, it really makes me cautious about their forecast. Okay. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably a good way to encapsulate everything it's it will still be a limiting factor for how good the team is yeah uh be more cj stroud will win offensive rookie of the year even though there may be other players more deserving if he continues to put up his current yardage and touchdown to interception ratio he will be a shoe in because he plays quarterback i, I think mean, there's some truth to that 380 yards last week I think it's a lot of truth to what he's saying. And who's the deserving one? It's going to be Bijan, right? Seemingly. Right. Puka Nakua. I mean, Puka Nakua has the 1,500 yards. We're going to have a conversation about this. But I think the point that he's getting at is the quarterback with good stats is going to probably trump the running backs and the receivers with good stats. And he's they're going to need to score points. So he's going to continue to be asked to throw the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is the inside track just based off. He's averaging 45 and a half attempts per game right now. That's going to be the volume that leads lends itself right. to a lot of yards. Nico right. Collins having some production there as well. Right. They're not running so, the ball like they think they wanted to as well. I'm buying that take. I'm buying it as well. Um, let me stick this one in here from Halil's Real Football Talk. We're not going to have time for Greg's, but Greg, I have this locked in for next week because it's really good. 
Uh, Halil's Real Football Talk says Penn State, this is going to be for you only, Penn State has the most talented defensive front seven in the nation right now, and Abdul Carter is already the most impactful off-ball linebacker, despite being a true sophomore. Abdul Carter's a stud. Is it what was the 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 core of it was the best front seven in college football? Penn State, yeah. Jacobs King. I'll take the field. It's very good though. Chop Robinson. Like, what 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 bucket it, would you put it in? It, the top elite, top it, five, top ten. It's top of the conference for sure. Okay. Um I mean, just from a, a draft profile perspective, Chop Robinson, um, Curtis Jacobs, Abdul Carter's not eligible, but he's wearing 11, so that tells you everything. I know that means something yeah. at Penn State. Yeah, so that's that tells you there. Uh, they got some other guys that are, are kind of young. It's, a, it's probably the best front seven in the conference, but I just off the top of my head, not being able to kind of internalize and go through all the other ones, I know Florida State's got a really good front this year. So, top of Big Ten, I'll put it there. That's going to do it, right? That's it. We're out. Yeah. Takes on takes in the books. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Locked On Phil Scouting. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We are out of here. Enjoy the weekend of football, and we will be back on Monday to dive into everything that happens over the course of the next 48 hours or so. We hope to see you then.